It's using the velocity of money, keeping it moving along. Don't let too much equity accumulate in any one property. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and more importantly, I'm with today's guest, Keith Weinhold. Hi, Keith. Hey, good day, Joe. Welcome to the show, and Keith is joining us from snowy, usually I say sunny, but I'm going to go ahead and say sunny, although I don't know, is it snowy right now in Anchorage, Alaska? Oh, it's not snowy right now. Things are green, bright, and there's about 19 hours of daylight. (laughs) Well, there's the interesting fact right there, 19 hours of daylight uh, right now in Anchorage, Alaska. Keith is the founder of Get Rich Education, which is focused on passive real estate investing. He's not only the founder, but he's a popular podcasting host of the show called, guess what it's called? It's called Get Rich Education. Consistent branding. I love that. (laughs) He's also an active real estate investor. He started out by buying a fourplex, living in one side, running out the other. It snowballed from there. Yes, pun intended, even though it's green in Alaska, I think of snow. And he's also, as of now, at this point, he's got 25 doors of rental units across uh, Anchorage and then also the lower 48 states. With that being said, Keith? Oh, oh, and I mean, I feel like I don't even need to mention another interesting fact about you because we've already talked about a couple of them already with the Alaska ties. But he is also regularly doing running and cross country skiing marathons. Um, so that's that's a whole lot of hold on a whole lot of calories that are being burned right there. With that being said, Keith, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, I sure do, Joe. Um, And yes, I do still do those running and skiing marathons. So training for those gives me a lot of time to listen to podcasts. And it's pretty unusual listening to my own Get Rich Education podcast voice in my ears now. (laughs) I was born and raised in Pennsylvania. And a few years after I graduated college in Pennsylvania, I moved to a place that I dreamed of living, Anchorage, Alaska. And I've been here ever since. That was way back in 1999. You know, Anchorage really has the best of a lot of things. I'm in a modern city of more than 300,000 people with big buildings, a skyline, and an international airport. Yet in a 25-minute drive, I can be on the backside of a rugged mountain and see nothing but dull sheep. So I dreamed of living in a place where I could do both. And that's what I've been doing. A few years after I moved to Anchorage, Joe, it was about that time for me in life to buy my first home. Instead of buying a single family home like most people, like you just mentioned, what I did was I bought a fourplex building 
I lived in one unit and rented out the other three. I was able to do that with a loan program that still exists today, an FHA loan program where I only had to put 3.5% down, and you don't even have to have a great credit score to qualify for that loan. So that was a great springboard to my wealth by buying that fourplex. And I had the audacity and the confidence to do it because I had two friends that were doing it. One friend had his act together and the other one was a screw-off. So I knew that if the screw-off could do it, I could do it, and it changed the course of my life. So you you got this fourplex, you put 3.5% down, and all in, what would you say percentage of purchase price that you had to put? Because I know closing costs can be expensive if you don't have the seller pay it. So was it closer to like 6 to 7% total of purchase price, or, or what would you say? I actually still have that original cashier's check stub, Joe, so I can tell you it was exactly like 12300 some dollars. So it was really only a little bit over 4% of the $295,000 purchase price that I put down on that building. Wow. And, and did, it, did it cash flow with you living in one side but renting out the other three? No, it really didn't cash flow. But the only reason it didn't cash flow is because I occupied one of the units. But it basically just broke even. So essentially, Joe, I was living for free. But you know what? I didn't really understand that much about real estate investing. All I really knew at that time is that I was living for free. And, you know, I was single at the time. I really wasn't into real estate investing. And the reason I say it's accidental is it wasn't until about three years later that I found out that the building had appreciated from 295K to 425K. And I still didn't really understand what the building was doing for me until I was reading a real estate book in Barnes and Noble one day, Joe. And what I would call the leverage light bulb went off. Okay. Appreciating from 295K to 425K in three or four years, you know, that might only be a 12 or 14% annual rate of return. It's not off the charts, but it's when I realized that I had that gain of $130,000 on that $12,000 initial amount. So it's the leverage that was created by borrowing and putting a small amount down that gave me a giant rate of return. And that's the leverage light bulb. Once a real estate investor understands leverage, it can change their life and it can definitely change your investor life in a hurry. Did you do a cash out refinance and can you do that on an FHLA loan? I have and I did. And I used a cash out refinance from that first building to buy a second fourplex. So with that accumulated equity, I bought a second building. So now we still got that original $12,000 down payment from the first building and I'm leveraging two fourplexes off that. And now the, this fourplex, unless it's been a certain amount of time, uh, you're not able to move into. Is that correct? Um, yeah. In order to qualify for the loan, you need to own it 12 months, owner occupy 12 months. Yeah. And so you were renting out all four units of the next fourplex. Right. Exactly. So as soon as one moves out of one fourplex, they actually just made a rental unit come open. So now you have four rent incomes rather than three. And then how did you continue to snowball from there from the first four to the next four, now you've got eight. And now now take us through to the next purchase. Now I've got eight. And what I did is I moved out to a single family home in the meantime, okay, so that I'm living a better lifestyle. And with those eight units and the two fourplexes, once they went ahead and built up some more equity, 
to really get all the equity out, I didn't want to do another cash out refinance because you still need to leave some equity in a property when you do a cash out refi. So what I wanted to do is sell them to get all the equity out. And then I did my first ever 1031 exchange, selling the two fourplex buildings and buying two larger buildings and still not using any of my money out of my own pocket because those two buildings appreciated such that I could just transfer the equity into two bigger buildings. So we still only got my original 12K into those two bigger buildings that are worth about $1.7 or $1.8 million today just for that part of my portfolio. That's amazing. And you had those two fourplexes. Did you have to sell them at the same time or a very similar time or was it separate 1031 exchanges? They were the same. I just, I think big and go big. It was most efficient to just sell both of those fourplexes and use the accumulated equity from both into two bigger buildings. So we had four buildings involved in that one 1031 exchange. So it's using the velocity of money, keeping it moving along. Don't let too much equity accumulate in any one property. You know, a lot of people have the misconception that if you accumulate a lot of equity in one property, that that has something to do with the rate of appreciation on a property. Rate of appreciation has nothing to do with how much equity one has in a property. So I use low equity positions in properties for a ton of reasons. That way I can control more. It's also an asset protection mechanism. If someone slips and falls or some creditor wants to go after these buildings that are in LLCs, there's so little equity in them, there's nothing to go for. A case wouldn't even come against me in the first place. But the big thing is, is I've amplified my rate of return because I have so little equity in each property, but you've got to make sure it cash flows. What are the buildings that you did the 1031 exchange to purchase? Those two particular buildings, one is an 11 plex building and the other has nine units in it. Where are they located? They're also in Anchorage. That was part of an in-state financing program. So I had to get a multifamily loan now that we've gone to five plus units per building, Joe. So it's different than the normal residential loan. And if I did an in-state financing program, I only needed to put 20% down for these bigger multifamily loans, whereas you usually have to put 25% down. So I tell your best ever listeners, you know, sometimes you want to ask about programs specific to the individual state that you live in. Sometimes if you keep your equity in-state, you can get some good incentives. So with just 20% down and a 30-year amortization rather than most multifamilies where they have 25s, I had a great incentive to want to keep those dollars in state. Oh, absolutely. Those are great terms. Yeah. When you did the 1031 exchange, I know there's a certain amount of time you've got to buy it. Were you up against the time frame and were you were a couple beads of sweat at least happening? <laughs> You got it right, Joe. I had to admit, I experienced stress until those two replacement properties were sold. So at 1031 Exchange, and for those of your best ever listeners that don't know, that is an instrument such that I don't have to pay any capital gain on the hundreds of thousands of dollars of accumulated gain that I had on those original two fourplexes as long as I meet certain criteria. So what I needed to do was sell the two fourplex buildings within 45 days of that time, identify three replacement buildings. And then I only had the financial wherewithal to close on two of those three within the equity that I pulled out of there. And I needed to close within 180 days of selling the old property. So yeah, there was definitely sweat until it closed because if something goes wrong or there's an inspection finding with one of those replacement buildings and things don't work out, 
and I can't move that equity out of those fourplexes, I need to pay a hefty tax bill on that gain. So yeah, dude, I was sweating it until we were closed, signed, done, and recorded the next day. (laughs) What are your plans for those 20 total units right now? For those 20, well, they have a five-year prepayment penalty on them. I have a couple years left to go. So what I'm going to do when I get more equity accumulation, which I have had because the Anchorage market and the job market has really been great here, I'm just going to 1031 again. So it's basically a refi till you die. Defer the tax down the road as long as you can. And even upon my death, my heirs don't have any tax liability as long as I keep 1031 exchanging into bigger and larger properties. And that's what I plan to keep doing. Keep rolling that snowball. You talked about a snowball. Keep rolling that larger and larger and larger. And every time I go ahead and do an exchange, I get bigger buildings, which provide greater cash flow at the same time. So I'm in love with the 1031 exchange, despite the beads of sweat. (laughs) Keith, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? You know what people need to do, Joe? There's a difference between doing the right thing and doing things right, which is what I often say on the Get Rich Education podcast. You can be doing everything right at your job or being a landlord, but are you doing the right thing by being a landlord at all? So my advice is to aspire to your best and highest use. And in real estate investing, your best and highest use is usually not being the landlord, learning how to replace hardwood floor or fixing a toilet flapper. You need to know that your best and highest use is as an investor. You know, I recommend to most people, If you can, you don't have to, but it helps to be a landlord for one to two years. That way you can understand management from the inside so that down the road, when you're a passive investor, you can better understand that property manager's statement and you'll know whether they're being straight up with you or not because you've been there yourself. Property management is a low-paid profession. You don't want to be a manager, and it's stressful because you're dealing with people. It's called property management, but it could very well be called tenant management. That's what it ought to be called. So managers are low-paid. Investors are well-paid. When you focus on being an investor, that's when you've made it passive. You want this income to be passive. If you're forever a landlord, as you continue to get these bigger properties – You're just creating a bigger job for yourself. So what it really comes down to, Joe, is what's your return on time invested? You know, investors have all these metrics like return on investment, return on equity, internal rate of return, capitalization rate. But you know what? The most important investor metric of all is one that never shows up on an Excel spreadsheet. And that's what's your ROTI, your return on time invested. Build something scalable. You know, make yourself replaceable. You know, some people say that they want to work hard, but yet at the same time, they say work smarter and not harder. You know, I think some people get so caught up trying to make a living that they forget to live a life. Well, that's not a life well lived. So do the right thing. Be an investor. That's a lot more important than doing things right. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And that's an interesting term. I I hadn't come across that or heard of that. I, I like that a lot. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, I'm ready to go. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. 
crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. Have a fire damage property or an insurance claim to settle? You could be missing out on thousands. Call FireDamagePropertyAZ.com and they'll give you options insurance companies don't want you to know about. Call 602-753-8289. Ask for Elijah, the Fire Damage King. Okay, here we go. Best ever book you've read. That is Loopholes of Real Estate by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. You know what? That was years ago when I started going on real estate field trips across the United States with the real estate guys. That gave me the confidence to invest outside my own market And when I started investing in other states across the lower 48 U.S. One of my favorite books is Equity Happens and your personal experience. I mean, it's it could be a case study in that book. Absolutely. I've read that book. Robert Helms and Russell Gray, Equity Happens. That's another good one. Best ever success habit you practice? It's consistency, you know. It's just constantly asking myself, what can I do to make my real estate investing education business better? And often that comes with just simply asking my listeners on my show, what can I do for you? The feedback that they give me, that's exactly what I need to consistently do. What are some of the answers to those questions of what can I continue to improve on? What can I do better? You know, I think what I can do better is remember, oftentimes an investor doesn't have a whole lot of money getting started. So I either tell them about syndication, which is how you can raise money from others, or which is almost just the opposite, how to get that loan and remember things like, you know, sometimes people need to build up their credit score. So some of those nuggets on how to build a better FICO score are what really helps people get that first loan and help leverage themselves like I have. What's the best ever deal you've done? (laughs) Well, I think we got into talking about it. If it's not the first fourplex, then it's the 1031 exchange. You know, I mean, this is why they say that real estate investors get wealthy in their sleep. So, you know, go ahead and use that velocity of money and keep moving it along and you'll have better cash flow, a better leverage ratio and a total amount leverage. So the best deals I do are cash out refis and 1031 exchanges. What's the best ever way you love to give back? Oh, there's so many. Um, I like to give back by directly donating financially to physical fitness programs. I mean, we talk about being investors, but every investor's got to remember that we live inside a body. We have a body that that investor's inside. When you're an investor, you're going to want to live a long time because you're going to want to have a lot of wealth. So remember that you have a body to live in for a very long time. But, you know, the second one is there's probably been no bigger way of giving back than with my popular Get Rich Education podcast. And, you know, a lot of podcasts try to steer their listener toward buying a product off their website or something. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I don't even have a product to sell a a listener. So in more than eight months, I'm just giving away the free value and I'm able to amplify that with a podcast. Best ever quote. It's got to be from that quotable Robert Kiyosaki. And I live this all the time, which is don't live below your means. 
expand your means. You know, if you're going to take time doing one or the other, do you want to practice living below your means or expanding? Of course you want to expand. You know, living below your means, that equates to a lower standard of living. When you expand, you have an unlimited upside. You're aspirational and inspirational to others, and you're living better anyway. When we talk about expanding our means and somebody is stuck on how to implement that advice, how to implement that mentality of, okay, right now perhaps they're living within or below their means. What's a good, concrete, practical thing for them to do to, as, as you mentioned and Robert mentions, expand their means? That's a great question. Let's say that we have a listener that's interested in, uh, I don't know, boating, and they want to buy a boat, and a boat's a depreciating asset. Well, I don't believe in too much delayed gratification or else that's time that you're never going to get back. So instead, take action. What you should do instead of buying the boat is first buy a cash flowing asset and then use the cash flow from that asset to service the debt payments on the boat. That way you've expanded because as that asset, which might be a cash flowing small apartment building or a single family home, while it pays you, it's also generally appreciating in value over time and you're always going to have it long after the boat's depreciated. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate investing? (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, You know, I'd say going back to the early days of living in a fourplex, maybe... uh, I rented to uh, girls. I I rented the unit next to me to girls just because they were attractive. That was their chief qualification criteria. (laughs) Well, they partied in the place all the time so badly that the police had to show up twice. And um, I was never getting the invites to the parties either, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So screen your tenants well. Nothing's more important, especially if you go that owner-occupied fourplex route. Because think about it. You're not just bringing in a tenant. You're also bringing in a neighbor. What are your thoughts on professional management versus owner management? You need to go with the professional manager over the long term. But in the short run, it can help if you are buying in your own market, kind of like I was saying earlier, to be that landlord for one to two years, just so you can understand it from the inside. And depending on the class of building that you buy, owner managing can make you lose faith in humanity when you need to deal with some tenants. So what you want to do over the longer term is get up out of the weeds as soon as you can. So start off managing by yourself if you can, although it's not necessary, but soon you want to learn what makes a good property manager and hand it off to a responsible manager. Keith, what's the best ever place to reach you? The best ever place is listening to me through the Get Rich Education podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, there's been a lot of growth. There's even a dedicated Android app for the show now. Awesome. Well, congratulations on all the success, both in the real estate world and then also in the podcast world. And I, I always love talking to fellow successful podcasters and hearing their story, both from a marketing and podcasting standpoint, and then also from how they got to where they're at uh, in their career. And certainly, I mean, you're, there's a title to the show. I don't know what the title is going to end up being, but I mean, it's something like how to create a snowball effect in real estate from a guy who lives in Alaska. I mean, there, there, there's something there. <laughs> I mean, it, it truly is an incredible story of how you started how you lived in one side, rented out the other three units by getting an FHA loan with 
5% down payment and you said all in, it's around four, four and change percent down payment after closing costs. It was purchased for two ninety five. Two years later, it's about four twenty five. You're living rent free. I mean, it's what a great start to your investing career. And then a lot of people would acquire another property and not do a ten thirty one exchange because you don't hear that very often. As as we talked about briefly about sweating bullets, there is some time sensitivity there, and you are under a very very regulated timeline through a 1031 exchange and clearly you were able to come through that successfully and really show the the value and the benefits of doing and having a 1031 exchange and going into a larger property especially whenever you went in with no money down the interesting one of the interesting parts about that besides the story itself is the in-state financing program that you mentioned I've never heard of anybody talk about that in addition to the uh, return on time invested, the ROTI, yeah, completely and wholeheartedly agree with you on that because ultimately it's about what we what we do with our time. That's the most precious resource. I mean, we can make money doing anything. It's just a matter of what is where is our time spent the best, and what's the best and highest use using a real estate term. What's the best and highest use of our time? not just a property and expanding your means talking about you know the the tried and true Robert Kiyosaki approach I think his episodes 262 where I interviewed him so best ever listeners you can ch- go check that out um, but first before you check out that podcast you must go check out Keith's podcast and listen to it get rich education found in iTunes and and now apparently uh, on on his Android app so thank you so much Keith and is there anything else you want to mention to the best ever listeners before we sign off yeah, I'd just like to uh, let your listeners know it's the same way I sign off on every one of my shows. Aspire to a better and higher use and don't quit your daydream. Thank you so much, Keith. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.